UFOs and flying saucers and ETs In government conspiracies But I've seen none of the above If I did, I think I probably would run a million miles Lose my little mind Hello everybody and welcome along to another episode of X-Files Talk X-Files The only podcast that has a snow globe for every occasion <laughs> I'm your host David Howard and joining me from xfiles.news I have Kava and Rye. Hello to both of you. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so um the X-Files are back. They're legit back. It's yes. like mm -hmm. actual X-Files and not no more of this season 10 and 11 shit. This is actual No more struggling. No more struggling. Yeah. Yes. It feels so good especially after the like clusterfuck that was last week. This is this is legit mm -hmm. X Files. Yeah, you know, Kai was saying she was disappointed she couldn't be here to to say, um, <laughs> "Oh, hey, look, it's the it's the new series beginning." You know, it's it's the new you know yeah. season premiere of ten and eleven. <laughs> we were so excited about this episode back in what two thousand and fifteen, right? So... <laughs> Finally, gonna get to see William and J.K. <laughs> So uh, we are going to talk about Ghoulie in just a moment, but we have a little bit of news um, because of these pesky Winter Olympics. Kaver, okay, you want to fill us in yeah. on that? Indeed, yeah. We're taking a two-week hiatus um, due to the Olympics, even though they're not airing on Fox. Um, so Kitten will be the last episode that airs before the, the little break, and then we'll be back uh, with episode seven on February 28th. Because NBC is sending Matt Lauer to North Korea, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> from Kava. Given where I work, I will plead Kava, the fifth on that one. You, you, yeah, you can just ignore that comment. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so uh, we will be taking two weeks. So we have Kitten is airing uh, this coming up Wednesday, uh, mm -hmm. February 11th. Then we'll have two weeks off and then episode seven official or title yet to be officially revealed will be airing on February 28th which means podcast will take two weeks break and we'll be back on March 5th yes sounds yes, right yep. okay good <laughs> <laughs> make sure I got that correct uh, any other news that we have to share no I mm -hmm. think that's about it for for this week excellent so let's move on to the episode discussion <laughs> <laughs> so much to say so many good things to say yes. too so yeah um I'm just smiling. This was a good episode. This felt like the X-Files are remembered. It was, you know, creepy. It was Mulder and Scully were themselves. They felt like the real characters again. Um, it's just a really well put together episode. The way it was written, just the way that the story gradually unfolded. That, you know, um, just step by step that Scully has this dream and it leads her to the case with the two girls. And then the girls say that they had the same dream as her. And then they find out that her boyfriend, that the kids both have the same boyfriend. His last name is Vanderkamp. And Mulder and Scully actually recognized the name and remembered that they were told it like an episode ago. <laughs> um, it, it just all, it felt good. It felt like this is the X-Files that we wanted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. James did, because it has, yes. James It has a little bit of everything. You know, it, it's got the, the monster. It's got the scare. It's got a bit of the myth arc. Um, it, it was just a nice way to prove that, yeah, we can have both, you know, it doesn't always need to be so strictly monster of the week versus mythology or, you know, whatever. Um, 
yeah and creepy. i always like creepy, those creepy, episodes creepy. best that like kind of worked in a little bit of mythology without necessarily just being like Mulder and Scully in some type of weird government facility like elegy and Scully's cancer was like a personal look at that whole arc as opposed to like the government centered version of the arc and like this kind of felt like a personal look at William that wasn't just like creepy alien replicants coming to take him or you know Scully on a ship looking for stuff about his you know it was just you know William and they they weren't afraid of it and they like went for it which is great because for the last several years they've been very afraid for it (laughs) and Mm -hmm. just haven't touched it at all and like they could have done more of that but I think James Wong like he was like no I'm gonna do this right and he did like he he did as much as he could to make this episode as like close to perfect and as close to realistic for Mulder and Scully and like, like seriously gotta give credit to James Wong I'm so glad he did this episode Mm-hmm. I I mean, I was kind of reserving judgment until I saw it. I know you both said that this was going to be a good one. Um, he did Founders Mutation last year, which touched on the whole William thing a little bit as well. It's kind of a standalone kind of mythology. And mm-hmm. I, I know other people really like that. I think both of you really liked that one. It didn't yeah. really do anything for me. You know, I know we had those false memories of William growing up and, you know, imagining what it could have been like. But outside mm-hmm. of that, it, it didn't feel like it really moved anything forwards at all. Whereas this one, it, it did. I think he yes. managed to do whatever he was trying to do in, in Founders Mutation. It all worked, this one. Brilliant episode. Mm-hmm. Hands down the best one that we've had since the revival period of the show started. Yeah. Yep. And I think last season, his hands were tied a little bit. Like, uh, in Founders Mutation. Because I think... Um, like when the Mulder and Scully are standing outside of the hospital and they're having that conversation and, you know, you're never just anything to me, Scully, but she talks about her baby and, you know, that, I mean, I don't know for, for certain, but that to me was like Chris Carter with like a red pen being like our baby to my baby. Like you could just see some like influence where they were like pulled back and that just didn't happen here at all. It yeah. was just to the point. It was and great. <laughs> I think anybody that's seen this episode is no longer up for debate. William is most definitely his father's son. <laughs> that's what I think. I don't know if Chris Carter will agree with us, but I mean, yeah. The pickup he, artist, come room. on. Right. <laughs> he's like hacking the DOD. Yeah. He's, he's very much, I, I the whole thing just cracked me up, especially if you've got a chance to go through and read his his blog entries at Ghoulie.net, which I loved because it was a nice way to, to sort of give us a little bit more backstory and humanizes him a little bit because I feel like William in this episode is kind of an asshole in a lot of ways, yeah. but also very much the product of, of both his biological parents in some ways. I mean, he it was sort of fascinating to me how they managed to kind of tie that in, even though you know, obviously he wasn't raised by these people, but the, yeah, <laughs> complete with like, I believe the season four Malter hair too. It's very floppy. So yeah, that worked for me. <laughs> it was, it was because I mean, you know, we knew that William was going to be showing up and I don't think anybody really knew what kind of character it was going to be. It just makes so much sense that he is like this. First of all, that he's kind of like the rebellious kind of emo kind of teen. <laughs> um, you know, just the fact that he's, you know, at that age and he's learning, you know, what his maybe family history actually is. And I know there's just bits of Mulder and bits of Scully in him. I thought it was perfect. It was not at all what I anticipated William to be, but it all just made absolute sense. 
I think that had to be really hard too, because this is a character the fandom has had very strong opinions about for 16 years. I, I, I mean, we've all sort of had this kind of headcanon of who he might be. And then to finally get to see him, and, and I would assume this is a little different than most people were expecting or anticipating, um, and to see how they, they finally flesh that out was pretty cool, even if it was different than, you know, maybe what we were anticipating. I know I, I did see some kind of feedback from people that they were a little disappointed that William seemed like a bit of a jerk. And whether that Mold is a bit of a jerk. A jerk, exactly. <laughs> see there, that's, that's a great point, because yeah, he can be a you know, Mulder, I feel like this season has has really come a long way. Um, he's much more... He's less single-minded. Right, and much more supportive and, and, and a little more balanced. But yeah, those early years of Mulder are like... I mean, even some of the later years. I mean, he can be a real asshole. So that his kid could be too, is that's fine. Especially, you know, 16-year-old 16, 16 boy gonna... I, I hate to do the whole boys will be boys thing, but it's true and you get the girls will be girls thing in the, you know, in the, in the, you see that between the, the two teenage girls, how they were kind of fighting off each other once they found out, you know, Jackson was, uh, <laughs> was playing them both. So. Yeah. yeah. And Scully's line as well about the teenage girls have secrets too. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's so, probably what I, I should have said. Teenagers are going to be teenagers. <laughs> yes. Gender does not matter. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, to me, it couldn't have been more obvious, you know, unless they had here like a half a empty packet of sunflower seeds on his desk. But that probably <laughs> would have been a little bit too heavy handed. But um, to me, there were, you know, so much stuff in the episode gave you those kind of clues. And I think even the name of the boat, the Chimera, I think that that's James Wong kind of giving us the nod that, yes, this is, Jackson William is part of both of these people. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah. or he's, you know, part alien or some no. shit. I don't know what Sam's no. doing, but like, I'm just done with him as a character. So, <laughs> right, yeah, I have I have no desire to play that game. So I'm just going to continue to ignore it and yeah. until uh... <laughs> head cannon is overruling canon here, which I think is just necessary at this point in certain areas. Like we talked about this with plus one, that was just dumb. <laughs> So I'm just gonna ignore it. <laughs> right. The Asian guy uh, that like William impersonates Peter Wong, who's yes. like, uh, Francois Show or something from Lost. Yes, he Dr. Edgar Halliwax. Incredible job, like impersonating the mannerisms of like a teenage boy. Like I really mm-hmm. felt that come across, and um, I think that was important. I mean, obviously he felt a connection with Scully because he had just sat through that speech she gave to his corpse. Um, but, you know, you just really kind of, she reacted to him more like he was younger, maybe because he acted that way. He just did a really great job. And that stood out to me on my rewatch that he really like kind of sold that. Like you can, he can make himself appear to be someone else, but he's still like a teenage boy and they did a good job there. Yeah. That worked on different levels because on the rewatch, like you said, you could, you picked up on that, but on the first watch, I'd noticed that it was a guy off the back of the book. So, yes, I was thinking this looks, this guy's acting like somebody who would write a book called The Pickup Artist. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But we had some good uh, guest stars in this one. I thought the the guy who's the sheriff was really good. And it was nice to see that kind of local sheriff character who's not, 
antagonist for mm-hmm, Mulder and Scully. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't quite so buy into are. everything. Right. But mm. it was it was a nice balance. We've seen that a couple of times, I think, over the course of the show, but it's it's still a rarity so that you notice it when it happens. Yeah, um, he wasn't a jerk about it and just did like Mulder and Scully were clearly gonna do their thing. So he's like, Oh well. Right out here. <laughs> and I forget the actor's name, but he's actually been in um, an episode of Breaking Bad, or a few episodes of Breaking Bad, and an episode of Millennium back in the day as well. Oh, okay, way back. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. And of course, we're going to talk about the actor who plays Jackson. Are we calling him Jackson or William? I call him <sighs> both because I, I, yeah, I thought of him as William for so long. <laughs> I want to call him Jackson. I want to call uh, Mulder Bob. <laughs> no we cannot call him bob we no, absolutely no. cannot call him bob yeah let's not um <laughs> miles just uh, hoping that was a coincidence and not i hope so too oh god i, I don't even want to go there but okay <laughs> yeah. i mean there were some nice nods to fandom in this like the fan fiction line from skelly on ghoulie.net like i thought that was pretty good Right. Mostly fan fiction. It's like, oh God, Scully, you don't even want to know. <laughs> You're not supposed to know about these things. Like, stay on the other side of that wall, please. <laughs> yeah. In terms of like Miles as Jackson slash William, like there were like parts where I just didn't think I felt for him the way I should, and I don't know. He did like he kind of did like an okay job from my perspective. Um, like, it's not hard to get me attached to the character of, like, William slash Jackson, you know, because he's been the center of, like, every fanfic for the last, like, 20 years. I was fighting it, and he won me over, so... <laughs> he he did, um, there were some parts I liked, but in an episode where, like, everyone stood out, it felt like he didn't quite as much. And I, I, I wanted that. him to stand out more. Like... You know, where he was, like, scared in the hospital and the DOD guys were coming after him. Like, it's more like he was acting scared than he was actually scared. Like, it wasn't... I don't know. I mean, it wasn't bad. Like, I still enjoyed the the hell out of the episode. And I'm not... If that's, like, my only gripe, then, you know, it's pretty good. But... Yeah. Yeah. uh, There could have been a bit more of a coherent through line there, I guess. Because he's kind of mm -hmm. panicking in that bit where he's, I know, in the storage room or the computer room or whatever it is. And then suddenly he's a bit more confident when he gets out. I'd like to see maybe he had that kind of determination the whole way through or something. Mm-hmm. But I think, too, it's because he's kind of starting to... I, I wish they would have touched on that a little bit better. That I think he's just kind of now starting to get control of the of the power. And that's why, I mean, I don't think he intended for those two girls to get as, as badly hurt as they did. Um, I think it just sort of got away from him and he wasn't able to to stop it. But I would like to have seen maybe just a little bit of more remorse about that or yeah, a little bit more fear, you know, or concern for his parents being dead. Or it just felt, especially yeah. because the girls were so they were really know, into good. it and they were really good. It just his performance across from that felt a little flat, especially because, you know, teenagers, I, I was one. They're just everything is super dramatic all the time. You know, yeah. and, and to to see him be a little bit more restrained was a little like, well, I don't know. Is this just because the actor himself was that much older? Or because I think Miles is actually closer to like 26. He's like 25 when he was filming, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a little, I, I mean, I get sometimes why they do that because of like labor laws and things like that. But he just, he looks 
older. You know, it's not quite as bad as the Riverdale kids, but <laughs> you know, it's it's it's. Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't super thrilled with that casting when it was announced slash. Well, it wasn't really announced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was like the worst kept secret ever. And yeah, and they're like, "Will William return?" I was like, "Well, he's in episode five, so." <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah. Yeah, I saw um, that one of the DoD people on IMDb is listed as being in a future episode this season as well. So I guess they come back and maybe are not really dead. Interesting. Yeah, see, I, I would take IMDb with a grain of salt, though, because they still, up until... Emily Vandekamp, Vandekamp, this redhead girl, was supposed to supposedly be in here. Right. And never was, and, and we never confirmed that casting because we knew it was BS and it, it stayed there the whole time. So, I mean, there were a lot of fan theories running around about that, which obviously never came to fruition because she wasn't in it. So, Oh, and I think it's interesting. It wasn't really, there's a couple small things in it that weren't really discussed. Um, obviously, like Williams, like seizures and visions um, coincide with Scully's. Um, the question I have there is what, like, precipitated this event like why you know he got the injection of magnetite who knows to what degree that did anything um when he was a baby like what happened that this was triggered and there's also like this really small detail when Scott goes to pick up the snow globe it's the only one that's like moving like it had been like shaken i wondered if that was something like William slash jackson had done and that's why it stood out to her if it was just like supposed to be there for like you know just to make the scene look nice. Um, I don't know. But he did talks about snow globes on his blog and how it's like an idyllic world and it'd be nice to live in. So maybe he like lives inside the snow globe in his mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> we I'm... better not be going the St. Elsewhere route on this, though. That's all I'm going to say about <laughs> snow globe. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, that's what I took it as, that he had used some power to make that one snow so that she would go to it and... The Vanderkamps were originally in Kansas, right? When no, he was adopted? Wyoming. Wyoming? Okay. Well, yeah. there goes that theory. Okay. I, well, that's, <laughs> I think that just ties back into uh, the, the 1013 obsession with um, the Wizard of Oz. Yes. So let's go, down, <laughs> let's go down that rabbit hole for a moment, because there mm. are lots of clues, supposedly, in this episode about the whole... Um, be hated... Uh, alternative reality theory that we've talked about a couple of times. Mm. There's, <laughs> I can hear the groaning. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. the whole we're not in Kansas anymore. There's lots of, you know, Scully kind of reflection shots, like mirroring. Um, you know, it's an alternative world in the coffee shops because Mulder is known as Bob. I don't think that this is going anywhere. I think it's just them teasing us because if it was going somewhere chris would have locked dumb. it down and we would not be yeah. teasing it this way just so like it's just getting like annoying one, at this he point wasn't subtle. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i don't i yeah i i would be shocked if there's more to it than just this teasing um but at this point who knows Any, anything yeah. goes I, I never thought i'd see the day where where Chris Carter was insinuating that Mulder and Scully got it on twice in one episode, <laughs> let alone, you know, so, I mean, anything can happen. Maybe yeah. that just ties back to the idea that these days, like, what's real and what's not, what's true, you know, what's false, it's, like, more subjective, and maybe that's just, like, them trying to kind of touch in with, like, that 
um, kind of issue in society. I mean, it, I just don't see how that would, like, play out other than, like, him, like, retconning everything like he did, like, the beginning of this season. Like, that... I don't know, maybe we're just back at the bridge at the end again. Well, that's the only thing that concerns me is that it's turned out the whole final episode of last season didn't actually happen. So that's the only part of me that kind of gets a little bit concerned is that, okay, he's t- he's done that cheap shot, so does it really, you know, yeah. what's stopping him from doing something stupid again? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't I mean, I think there still will be some stupid things done. I don't know that we're going to go, like, all the way there. I just don't see how that fits with what we know, with, like, kind of some of the clues we've seen. Like, that would just be pretty dumb. (laughs) It all ends in in, we've all been living inside William's snow globe, and he shakes it up at the end. Like, again. Uh, Like the end of uh, Men in Black with the aliens and the marbles. Just be dumb. That, too. So let, let's uh, take a positive uh, turn in the conversation then. Let's talk about Jillian's performance. Oh, oh my God. All the awards. Yeah, just throw them at her. I mean, <laughs> the, the first time I saw this, and, and I, I will be forever grateful that I got to go into this episode knowing next to nothing about it, other than just all we had at that point was the logline in this, this, okay, we think, you know, William shows up in this because this is, you know, we got this screener mid-December. Um, and... I was just floored um, by, I mean, I, I cried through the whole morgue scene the first time and was just shocked because I don't do that very often, <laughs> but I, just, oh my goodness, it was, it was just so moving. And to finally see Scully able to express this and get some of this off her chest after she's been carrying this around for so okay. many years was just heartbreaking. And then, you know, she turns at the very end and there's Mulder there, um, mm. And just light me on fire. Right. You know, and and how very like, like he didn't even want to knock on the door, the hesitation there. And you know, the, the look on his face where you can tell he's just shell shocked. Um, But yeah, I mean, all, all the awards to Jillian, because that was just unbelievably well done. And then she was just good the whole episode. It's like, I mean, you, if you've read like Jim's interview where he talked about filming the scene, like, you know how seriously she took it, but it just felt like, for both of them, this whole episode, like, they were, like, putting in, like, a little bit extra here. And it felt like a lot, you know, like, they really wanted to make this as great as it came out to be. So. Yeah, I mean, Jillian was obviously really good. I That speech, I mean, if I was going to be a little bit <laughs> um, controversial, I mean, it, it, it felt like you could almost feel the acting a little bit, but it was good. It was good. I mean... I mean, I really think that David did an amazing job in this episode. It's the best acting we've seen from him in years. He was mm-hmm. very understated, not the in-your-face acting, um, you know, that gets a lot of attention. But this was good subtlety. It wasn't, I'm just going to be wooden and not actually act. This, you know, you could see stuff going on behind his eyes. And But yes, Gillian obviously stole mm-hmm. the show. She was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I liked Mulder's scene with Skinner a lot. Like, it felt there was, was a lot in He this was episode. named William before he was adopted. <laughs> yeah. If you ignore that, the, 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 the Skinner, I mean, uh, like, Skinner splaining Roswell to Mulder, like, are you kidding me? Like, I, so just packing that up and putting that aside. Yeah. You, but plus, I, it doesn't make sense that Skinner would be the one to be like, hey, Mulder, let me tell you about the conspiracy. I mean, right. I mean, so just 
throwing that overboard. But... <laughs> but, but Mulder's reactions, knowing what you know already, and then Skinner's a little bit at the end, but like, like David there, I really like. Like the rest, of it could have been written better in some ways. And I think it would have been better if it weren't such a like compressed scene. But um, they just didn't have time to let some of it breathe. But it was and I just still- the. Right. And I, I think, too, there you really got a chance to see because because throughout the entire episode, Mulder's trying very hard to keep it together for Scully. He's trying yeah. very hard to be supportive of her. And you but you get little glimpses of that, you know, kind of how he's feeling across his face. Like, you know, he's just looking down at the body bag. He's, you know, I'm going to go get you some answers. But that moment there with Skinner is is like the first time it it almost feels like that's the first time it really kind of hits him. And he's he's letting it out just a little bit about how much this has been weighing on his mind too. And, and the finally getting to hear the our son, as opposed to Scully's baby or the baby, or, you know, it was, it was just nice to finally acknowledge some of, of Mulder's fatherhood there too. Yeah. Cause he never really got a chance to be a father. aside from a couple days after William's birth. So. Yeah. And then of course Skinner is sitting on who knows what information. Yeah, and that was the scene that ruined it for me, was the cigarette-smoking man in Skinner's office Ugh. again. And we get that lovely close-up so we can see his perfect skin in high definition and no <laughs> evidence that he was blasted in the face by a missile. Yeah, right. but it was just, it was science. It was science that saved <laughs> saved him. I mean, the flames shot out of his eyeballs, but it was science. Spender was incinerated in a rocket attack. There was nothing left of him. So dumb so stupid ah. so yeah if it wasn't for that and i'm sure uh, i don't know who to blame for that it was stupid i hate it <laughs> right uh, um I mean, can we at least go back to the video camera in the closet because he's got the nanobots inside him i mean at least that was a reason for him to to do this again and this is just being stupid now it's like i'm gonna yeah. tell you something in a parked car uh, with a gun to your face and now you're gonna you're going to jeopardize the trust that you built up again. It doesn't make any sense. No. I mean, I like to think he's he's working as a double agent here. He's trying to, you know, again, going back to headcanon, I, I, I hope he's trying to, you know, he's playing both sides of the of the fence so he can, you know, get whatever, whatever information he needs from the, the CSM and he's not helping him in any solid way. But the other than just me like adoring Skinner and not wanting to see him turn into a bad guy again, I don't really have any evidence to back that up. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there was, they could have done so much with Skinner's character. Um, he didn't have to have the cigarette smoking man involved at all anyway, because he's dead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, if you wanted to play that, you know, the storyline where Skinner can he be trusted again? Well. You've got plenty of options out there because supposedly half the FBI is super soldiers. So yeah. go down that route. If that's something that you've given us, don't just forget mm. it because it doesn't mesh up it's with kind what of you want to do. Tiresome <laughs> to it's... go back there, especially after like everything Scully and Skinner went through in like season eight. Like he was mm-hmm. like her champion. Like when she like yeah, you yeah. couldn't trust anyone and. I mean, you kind of see Scully be more softer with Skinner than Mulder is, but it just, it doesn't, it's forced. It's just forced. It's what we said before, you know, they, they just have these, this bucket of tropes they've done in the past and they've just, 
are bringing them back out because they think that's what people want or they just can't think of anything different to do um and it it doesn't feel like oh this is good old classic x-files it's like why are you doing this again it doesn't make any sense because the characters have evolved we have evolved the show has evolved but yet they're doing the same thing that said I want to give credit back to James Wong again to bring this whole thing full circle is that this feels like a classic X-Files episode and even though they've got a much higher budget which you can see by the set of the uh, ferry which they keep going back to to have these random conversations just because they spent so much money on the set <laughs> but that aside I don't think there's any there's certainly none that come to mind of like digital effect scenes in this it's all old school classic X-Files and the creepiness comes from the fact you have a different actor there. Okay, so there's a ghoulie, that's the, that's the digital effects. Mm, but yeah. that's, I mean, the fact that I forgot that goes to show it's not a huge part of the show, really. I mean, it's basically there for the teaser. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then the you see him, right. Uh, yes, yeah. he comes back. Okay, so ignore everything I've said in the last two minutes. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, but that's right, because it, that, was, yeah. that just took up such a small amount of time and it was super scary without that. It was very tense, you know, in moments. I love the whole, like, chase scene through the hospital. Um, and yeah. you're, you're never quite sure who is who and, and what exactly is happening. And it, it was just a classic way to, to build that tension without um, needing to go overboard, I think. Yeah. On the, you know, because that was always, I felt, when The X-Files was at its scariest, when you know, the monster wasn't completely up in your face. And, and part of that maybe even, you know, had to do with the technology back in the day. Um, and so it would have been a little harder to, to do the, you know, to have the ghoulie on screen for 20 minutes. You know, they probably didn't have the budget for that back then. Um, but it's it just shows you don't really need that to, to make a scary episode. You know, you can, you can leave it subtle and you can build the tension in, in other ways. But, yeah. Oh, and I thought, um, I mean, obviously, like, they were, like, visions, but Scully's, like, sleep paralysis type of thing, like, in the hospital and in the bed in the beginning. Like, I thought that was, like, a really well done, before she, like, gets into the dream part of it, like, they did sleep paralysis really well. And um, James Wong talked about, like, ha having sleep paralysis, um, and some people have had it, some people haven't. Um, I always wondered why the X-Files had never done anything on sleep paralysis. And so I was like really pleasantly surprised to find this episode to include it because um, for people who don't know, it's kind of when your mind is awake, but your body's still asleep and um, you can't move, uh, but you might be kind of aware and you can experience like auditory or visual hallucinations. Um, and uh, some people think that it's a good explanation for alien abduction, like feeling a presence in the room and not being able to move and stuff like that. So I thought that was an interesting way to work in something that's definitely like part of the kind of UFO conspiracy abduction mythology, but just in a different way. Yeah. Yes. And dreams of the day's answers to tomorrow's questions, apparently. Yeah. Brought to you by Ford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and was that also a Samsung that she used with the Ford? Also yeah. brought to you by Samsung, probably. But definitely more Ford. And they were just like, "Hey, Ford! Ooh, look, Ford! Also Ford." It's like a little heavy. Like back in the day, it was just like a Ford car that they happened to be driving. Now they're like, "Let's pull this bad boy up and get some shots of the car." Right. When it's, your product placement is so bad, it's like it's so blatant. It takes me out of the the moment. 
of the storytelling. I am not going to buy your product. Like, I don't care who you are. Just never going to buy a car now. Also, bad guys drive Kias, apparently. So, as a, a friend of mine said, that's a throwback to the the old, like, you know, the good guys wear white cowboy hats, the bad guys wear black cowboy hats. Now it's the, the good guys drive Fords, the bad guys drive Kia. Nice. It's like, all right, then. We'll see, we'll see if they carry that through line as well. <laughs> so, one thing I did want to ask you about, and I'm, I'm running out of notes here, but um, in Jackson's room... Um, when Scully picks up the snow globe, they have the lights behind her spelling out who. Who? Is <laughs> was there another letter there, or, or was it that literally just it, just who? It it was just who, and I'm assuming that this means that Jackson is a big fan of the Who, which so is my best friend. So I was like, yes, that's you know, it's, so I, I got a kick out of seeing that. Um, for personal reasons, but I'm I'm assuming that yeah, th- that's just like a little thing about you know so now we know perhaps a little bit more about jackson's musical choices but i just i thought that was really cool and i mean for me the, the sad thing is is the first time i saw i didn't catch that until i think maybe the next viewing because i was just so focused in on scully and and what she was doing um but yeah i thought that was kind of a cool a cool touch yeah his room was really well done like there are some great like nods to this like obviously being Mulder and scully's kid so whoever did that needs to get some like points for that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i like the you know the planets on the on the wall and stuff that was mm-hmm. his uh, mm-hmm. choice of decor of uh, interior decoration there and i guess that is a little bit of a nod to the imagined um history with him and Mulder from founders mutation mm-hmm. where they have the rockets going up and stuff and mm-hmm. obviously scully's a scientist so yeah it was nice it was nice and it was interesting, too, to, to see them sort of switch roles again just a little bit. I mean, Mahler obviously still more the believer than, you know, than skeptic. But, you know, Scully's just very, you know, very emotional and very focused on just answering these questions. And, and Mahler kind of taking on that more supportive role instead of flying off the handle. Just it's some nice character growth, I think, for both of them. And the I love the discussion at the beginning as well in the office where he's like, well, you know, it sounds like sleep paralysis. And it's like, well, you know what I think I was. And then the, you know, the ship and yeah, I, it just was interesting to me to see how far that's, that's come and that she's, you know, having these visions and she's willing to talk about it. Um, oddly enough, Roy, you mentioned elegy. Have. Yeah. And I watched that last night just cause I'm like, I need pain. I need some cancer arc pain. Let's watch this. So good. And, and there, you know, she's having those visions and she's afraid to tell Mulder until almost the very end. Whereas here, she's like convinced that he's alive because of these vision- visions. She's like mm-hmm. so invested in them. Yeah. And, and back to throwing all the awards at, at Jillian. I mean, not just for the, the morgue scene, which was excellent, but you see just that wide range of emotion playing. Over, like, you know, she's talking to the coroner and there's just that little hint of hope that like lights up her eyes again. I'm like, I have no idea how she does that. It's kind of amazing to me, but... Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. And then again at the at the very end of the episode too, where they're watching him on the surveillance tape, which oh. I thought was a, a neat way to Jillian to explore that. And and the you know Mulder's there, kind of holding her up, and she's reaching the hand, and just the the look on her face, so you know, good. it's like oh he's he's kind of okay. I mean, we have no idea where he's going or if they're you know if when he'll be back, he'll be back. Um, but, yeah, just, <laughs> he'll uh, be back doing a right. my struggle monologue. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, yeah. Well, Chris has said episode four is William's struggle, so. Uh, He'll probably say, like, my name is Jackson Vandekamp. I was born William Scully, I assume. I don't know. Chris might just be like, I don't know. Was he really Scully's kid? Find out on this episode. Right, yeah, maybe he's not Scully's kid at all. Maybe maybe that's the kicker. Maybe he's like, well, no, because oh, we God. checked it against Scully's DNA. But that's the thing. We're like, can we not at this point just check Mulder's too? I mean, you know they're not going to, but... <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, technically, you're going to have a problem when it comes to differentiating the Y chromosome because they would check his Y chromosome, which, in theory, he shares with Cigarette Smoking Man. Um, So, I mean, you'd have to compare other things. It would be difficult to do without CSM's blood, in theory. I mean, you could do it with Mulder. You'd need to look for, like, a mutation that, like, Mulder has um, that, like, Cigarette Smoking Man doesn't, like, or something that's unique to Mulder to be able to prove that William gets that from him. That They're not going to have time to explore that in My Struggle Force. I don't know what type of answer we're going to get here, but probably uh, not an answer. Yeah. <laughs> no. Let's just hope the episode isn't 60 minutes of an explanation of DNA like that. <laughs> Um, right yeah that's not what we want uh, from this season like finale. my struggle too yes. oh and um talking about jillian's performance i also really liked the scene with her and the psychologist or psychiatrist i don't remember yeah. what williams um counselor and um the way she like recounted the vision and like i thought those two had like a good like it just flowed nicely between them they bounced off each other well and it was mm-hmm. just interesting another like emotional aspect to see you know, what William's going through, just ask Jackson, um, and how it connects to Scully. So, I thought, like, every scene she was in was just good. <laughs> like, Jillian just delivered this episode, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit there about the scene at the very end in the gas station. And, uh, that was an amazing scene. Um, yes. Just the bit where the penny drops for both of them, and then they see it was actually him, and it, it, it just such a good Hexhall's ending that it's obviously to be continued, it's wrapped up for now, but just the emotion and everything in there, it was beautiful. This is such yeah. a great episode. I mean, it, it wasn't perfect. Um, we've covered that, but mm-hmm. it, it was so damn close, and it was a lot closer than this show has been in a long, long time. Long time. Yeah. yeah. And I think just the fact that it, it you know, going back to this idea of it included just about everything we like to see in, in an X-Files episode, scary as hell, you know, emotional, moving, terrifying, but it ends on a little bit of hope, you know, and it, I just feel like that's so needed right now, too, um, and, and you, you, we got that in earlier episodes um, where you just, you really kind of make the emotional journey along with the, it's not just a scare. There's, there's true feeling there. And, and to be able to end it on, on that kind of note and, and leave it open-ended too. So you can kind of fill in your own blanks and there's already been a lot of really nice fan fiction. So keep it coming. Kids, <laughs> Cause this has been great. Tag me. Tag me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Please do. Please do. Cause it's, yeah, it, it was just so nice. I mean, it all back to, to James Wong again, all the awards for, for him as well. I think so. Really well done. Like, especially out of someone who never really dealt with like the William issue up until like last season, like, you know, that was like a Chris and Frank thing for a while there. Um, he made it his own really well. Yeah. 
And I've been pretty critical of that. I mean, it, it, I, I have always enjoyed the, like, you know, Glenn Morgan and James Wong's earlier work, but I just, I felt a little, eh, when I, when I found out originally that it was just kind of those really old school writers coming back because, you know, they'd left originally in season four and so much mm -hmm. happened after that. And those characters grew so much. I'd sort of felt like we kind of got stuck back in that, those earlier roles for a bit. Um, but they, this season, I, I feel like they've definitely surpassed that. They, they seem much more um, in the, in the swing of where those, those characters evolved to um, in their, in their later years. And, and that's been really, really nice to see. Cause they're, I mean, they're both extremely talented writers, so there was nothing against that. It just, it felt to me like they were relying on characters that were much younger um, in a way than we knew them to be because they're, you know, they're in their 50s. So <laughs> right. Chris, they're in their 50s. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have anything else to say. I think I've said my piece. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. yeah, it's painful can, to uh, watch though. I had to like work myself up to rewatch it. And Kayla has to just go rewatch it now. <laughs> oh, I, I I I did it last night, and, and yeah, so it's I've seen it now. What I think five today will mark six. I think that'll be the sixth viewing, and then I'm probably gonna let it sit for a while just because it is so. I mean, between this and, and plus one, I had those two on repeat for ages after they aired, cause just because they were so much fun. Whereas, yeah. you know, I didn't, I wasn't super crazy about Forehead Sweat. Like, I, that one, I, I don't really feel like I need to watch that one again. Nobody um, should. There's Nobody only, should. Right? This, this <laughs> there's only definitely... a couple scenes, like, worth rewatching, and you can just do that via GIFs. Yeah, my favorite right. scene from Forehead Sweat is where it says executive producers Chris Carter and Glenn Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now my favorite, Taron Morgan. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, expectations are high for him, but that was just so bad. I'm sorry, that was just awful. Mm. I hated it. Yeah. I mean, I had a couple moments I liked, but... I mean, go looking at like the entirety of the X Files. Like, what do I want to rewatch? That's almost never gonna come up. I'll never be like, yeah, let's watch that episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think I that's been the nice thing about this season too is that we have gotten a lot of episodes that I want to rewatch. I watched I this so many times. <laughs> yeah, I, I have not felt the need to go back and revisit season ten. Aside from, I mean, leading up to Ghoulie, I rewatched all of William's arc from. Um, from exactly. existence through, yeah, we, that was the weekend before, but for this specifically, it was like existence all the way through, you know, nothing important happened today, one and two, trust no one. That's Providence, so painful. Providence. Why would you yeah, do that to your because I, I told her that. Because of like, I felt like if I'm going to snark about where his arc is going, I want to make sure I'm at least informed enough of the, of the backstory that I've got a good grasp on it and what he, you know, might or, or might not be. Um, you know, them, them wrestling way back then with, you know, what the baby is or isn't. Um, and, and now they're still kind of arguing about that. Well, I think you might have been part of this Project Crossroads. It's like, well, didn't we sort of already establish truth, that maybe? We both know. Right. You know, it's like, because you, you, we left it hanging with that, the truth we both know. And then they sort of back that up and played, you know. It feels like they exactly. do that every time, though. Like, right. anytime they give us, like, progress with the characters, like Mulder and Scully in like season seven, like they intentionally like ramped up 
like some of their interactions there. That was like a conscious decision. And then in season eight, they're like, ugh, JK, Mulder was dying the whole time and lying to Scully. Like, it's just like they try to ruin it, and I don't understand why. <laughs> like, you know, at the end of I want to believe, like, Mulder and Scully are like, ah, JK, they broke up now and they hate each other. Like, and then, and then, like, they had Babylon and they walked through a field hand in hand and they were, they were like, enjoying life. And they're like, oh, no, they still don't love each other anymore. See, like, this is Agent Mulder's residence. And even Jillian was like, I'm just going to go with our home here, guys, because that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so right. Asians where they're just like, let's give it to them and then take it away. And it's just lazy. It's a lazy storytelling and I don't enjoy it. Yeah. I do feel like they've been a little bit better too this season about the through line. I mean, it, so that that's an improvement as well. Um, but yeah, and it will, <laughs> and I've seen kitten now too. So I, I, I'm kind of like, well, what do I say? What do I don't say? Cause I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I guess I will just say that um, there are threads in kitten too, that we sort of see established a little bit earlier in the, in the season. So they, they did bring a few of those back. So Okay. Into 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 credits again as we were talking about performance. Um, I, I feel like Mitch Pledgey in even the tiny little bit he is there in in Ghoulie, He he just really kind of. I mean, you see the wind get knocked out of him when when Mulder's like, "Well, that was that was our son." Of course, he knows knows his name is William. But aside from that, you know, Skinner just seems truly shocked. <clears throat> and I wonder, you know, oh if yeah, that's I forgot tie Scully had a with, baby. Uh, (laughs) overboard (laughs) like come on can we not but but yeah that's um i i wonder how much more you know if we're still trying to figure out what skinner's doing in his interactions with the the csm i wonder if he sort of feels like well if the if the kid's dead i mean maybe Mulder and scully don't tell him that you know jackson's actually you know still alive i mean maybe they i don't know how much how much of that's going to get reported back to skinner so maybe that would be enough to I'm like, well, you know that. Sorry, CSM, you're not going to get what you want there. But yeah, I bet they're they're really sitting on that information because, like, you don't see. They just like once he's down the road, they they're like, oh well, we'll just check this. Like, they could have, you know, called in something and you made a hoopla, but like, you know, I think they're just going to sit on that one Mm -hmm. for a while. Yeah, makes sense. And and Skinner was awfully shocked for somebody who supposedly knows the 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 kid's real paternity maybe he was more upset for scully than he went you know like because he knows Mulder doesn't scully doesn't you know we yeah. know but at least Dumb. we think maybe we know again with the head cannon i'm i'm refusing to acknowledge that until i'm, I'm given uh, ample evidence otherwise i think that but, skinner was just upset that he was you know he was expecting that Mulder was going to be super impressed that he knew about Roswell and Steph and he just wanted a little <laughs> pat on the head and then Mulder yeah. just drops that truth on him and he's like... Oh. Right. It's like, Goddamn. I'm trying to do a trick here. Give me a treat. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how would unwitting participant in Project Crossroad, are we going <laughs> to... No, we're not going to. We're not going to. <laughs> no. no. See, that's no, the no. thing. It's like, if, if I start like picking too much, then I... But I, and, and back to my point of why I'd, I'd rewatched, it's like, well, we'd say, and that's the thing I, I will forever be disappointed in is that they just, 
keep harping on this, well, who's the dad? Is that why why William's weird? No, you've got plenty of stuff that was well established in canon. Plenty of reasons why yeah. any any baby created by those two would be a little messed up. They're I mean, both exposed to the alien virus. Plus, I even asked Frank about like how that would work once. He's like, you know, I can't I can't talk about it. Um, presumably because it was involved, and then later on he went to con- on to confirm publicly that William is Mulder, that Mulder is William's father, sorry. Um, and, like, that's on record. So I'm just going to go with that. Well, better. technically, William is Mulder's father and Mulder is William's son, because everybody yeah. is called William. Yeah. Right. Well, so. and he's technically William. If, if you yeah. want to go with the whole CSM baby daddy, that's his half-brother, and that is... Ugh, oh. I can't. I can't. Ugh. I can't. Don't. Why do we go with that? <laughs> go back. Go back. Okay. <laughs> And on that icky note, uh, let's sum this up. The truth we both know. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, we'll be talking about Skinner's episode, Kitten, which that never sounds right. A Skinner episode <laughs> right. called Kitten, but that's what it's called. Uh, so we will be back next week. Um, in the meantime, uh, go over to xfiles.news for all of the latest information and ton of stuff over there and go buy some t-shirts to help support them as well. And uh, of course you can support this uh, podcast by downloading a bonus episode. Can't they caver? Yes, they can. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can hear us uh, talking about all the, uh, the goodies in the uh, um, the X Files audiobooks, uh, cold cases, exactly, and stolen lives. Yeah, Very good. Yes, lots so, of ranting. Go to, <laughs> go to X Files. Uh, talk X Files dot com, and uh, there's a button there. You can press that and find out more about that. So we'll be back next week, and then we'll take two weeks off. Um, and I think that's about it. That's all we have to say right now. So, uh, thank you, Kava. Thank you, Roy. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And remember, kids, it's not creepy to flirt with your mom if she doesn't realize it's you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And interestingly as well, if, if anybody hasn't experienced uh, sleep paralysis and they want to know what it feels like, go back and watch the uh, Nothing Important Happened Today episodes, because that's what it feels <laughs> like. <laughs>